values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. By the numbers, let's talk about what's happening. And it's interesting to see where the votes have been counted and how many people have kind of abstained and not voted in some elections. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, as we would figure, the governor's race uh, gotten the, has gotten the most votes thus far. I don't know how it's going to end up with people leaving some blank or whatever. But um, uh, there is a 1.793 million votes cast in the governor's race. There's 1.763, 30,000 less in the Senate race. Uh, at last count, Mark Kelly is up by five points over Blake Masters, 51.4 to 46.4. Um, Katie Hobbs has a very, very thin half point lead over Kerry Lake in the governor's race. Uh, the Secretary of State's race is about five points as well. The Attorney's General's race is, I mean, just paper thin margin of two-tenths of a percent for Chris Mays with another drop coming today. This is the interesting part of these races. The Treasurer's race looks to me like it's being decided. I mean, obviously I can't call an election, but it's a lot further apart there. 55 to 44 for Kimberly Yee. Tom Horn is overtaking Kathy Hoffman in the race for superintendent of public instruction. We'll see if those trends hold true. There are still about 400,000 ballots in Maricopa County left to be counted. Those 400,000 ballots are what they call late earlies. Those are ballots that were dropped off at a polling place on election day. Um, and some of them may be from Saturday, but they're definitely on election day on, on Tuesday. And also there are 17,000 people that were affected according to what we heard yesterday from Bill Gates who is the chair of the county board of supervisors. About 17,000 people affected by voters, affected by the glitches in the counting tabulation machines. About 17,000 ballots were dropped into what they call box three. Those have not yet been counted either. And maybe they will this afternoon. I don't know when they will be, but they've been locked in a secure place and uh, the votes will be counted. Um, I want you to hear a little bit of what each had to say. There were a couple of significant things that were said. Uh, Stephen Richer was on with me early in the morning. Then he went on with Gatos and Chad in the afternoon. And then he came on with our election coverage in the evening and was um, very contrite. And, and you could hear in his voice that he was upset. Here is what he had to say in the afternoon show with the guys. It greatly disappoints me. And as you know, I've been working to restore confidence for the last two years. And this damages it materially. So we're going to have a lot of work to do. So I want you to hear how what he talks about it was the printers. Uh, what the issue was, they said, and I don't, I don't know all of the technical jargon, but it was print the printing of the of the ballots, and that there was an ink issue, and they weren't reading, I guess, the edges of the ballots the right way, so it was rejecting the ballots a number of times. So here's how Stephen Richard talked about that. I know that they were tested. I know that these are the same printers and techniques that were used during the primary, and so I think that there's going to uh, this this merits a. a deep dive into it afterwards, and I think that the board and I will together look at uh, how things are structured and see what we can, uh, this can't happen again, and uh, it needs to be improved. So they asked him about the check. So what happens is there's a certification by the Secretary of State's office. And what's and I want to be clear about this as well. And I want to do this because I like Stephen Richer quite a bit. I think he's a good man. Even if you don't like the job that was done yesterday, he is a good man. He is not somebody that is going to cheat anyone. Um, but he is also not to blame for the issues that happened yesterday. And so there is a bigger system that's to blame for all of this. But he is the face of elections in Maricopa County. And that being said, he stood up and said, I, I hate that this is happening and here's what's going on. But this is about when the printers were checked. 
So they would have been tested a month ago for the logic and accuracy test that was done in coordination with the Secretary of State. And so um, we test all of our early voting equipment. That's the responsibility of the recorder's office. And then the board tests all of the tabulation equipment and the election day equipment. Uh, that's the responsibility of the board. It all passed then. Um, you know, I, 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 I've heard this and I know that they're continuing to look into it. And I know that they've already resolved a lot of the issues, but um, I, I can't account for why it would have worked a month ago but not now so it's it is this is interesting that if there's two different sets of equipment there's early voting equipment and then there's election day equipment and that's what it sounded like he was saying that they they were did their testing in conjunction with the secretary of state's office on the early voting equipment and then the secretary of state's office certifies the equipment now i'm assuming i'm making some assumptions here but my my assumption is that that equipment is tested at one location and then it is shipped and connected at the other location now now, you don't connect the tabulation machines to the printers, but you have computers in-house. So when you go in, if you have you voted in person, if you didn't vote in person, let me explain to you what my experience was. I went into an early voting center. I went in on Friday because I knew Monday and Tuesday were going to be a nightmare with my schedule. So I went and voted in person, but I did it at a voting center early. And I walked in. I gave them – I went. They, they direct you to a computer screen. Um, you scan your driver's license and your name pops up with your address. You verify that's you and your address. You then show that person your identification and my driver's license doesn't match my home address. So I had to show them my voter ID card, which had my address on it to match up my address to me as a voter to make sure I got the proper ballot. They then print your ballot a little ways down. You go down there. You They call your name. They hand you your ballot and then you go and you vote. You go and you stand like you do in the voting booth. You fill in all the bubbles and then you go over to a tabulation machine and you put it in the machine. Now, mine was because I was voting early, just like an early voter would. I didn't have to sign the envelope because they'd already verified who I was, but it did go into an envelope and dropped into a box. Other people on election day go in where the tabulation machines are when they come into the tabulation machines and you put your ballot into the machine and the machine then counts your vote. And those machines had a glitch with the printers that happened. So my question is, why are we doing a check on equipment a month in advance and nothing on election day? And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it's part of the rules, but I don't know if it's a federal. It can't be a federal law. It's got to be our rules on elections and how it's done to get those machines in place the night before and have a certification or a test run through where you're going to run 40 or 50 ballots. And it could be the same 40 or 50 ballots or something through there in a test cycle to make sure that that doesn't happen. So if it does happen, technicians are getting it sorted out before anybody votes. I, I just think we've got to do more to then make ex- not, not excuses, then make apologies. Pinal County had to apologize for the primary and what they did wrong. Maricopa County once again is apologizing. And if you look at some of the things that happened, go back. Um, we had a county recorder here in Maricopa County named Helen Purcell. For over 30 years she was and, and is a phenomenal lady. She is such a nice woman. And we had a huge election faux pas in a primary where I waited three and a half hours to vote. We didn't have enough voting locations. And so people waited in line to vote an extended period of time. She gave kind of an interview where she was a little snarky and she ended up losing 
losing their job to, to uh, Adrian Fontes, who became the Maricopa County Recorder. So we got apologies in that election. Then Fontes in that election, you know, that was 2020. We know what happened there. And more apologies on some of the issues that happened then. And now here we are doing it again in 2022. We've got to do a better job of that. that, that I mean, that's the point of what I'm saying. What we're going to do in a moment is get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. We do it every day at 1120. It's called Did You Hear This? We'll get to it momentarily. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, it's going to be a whirlwind. Let's get you caught up. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Following printing issues at polling centers, the RNC, Carrie Lake, and Blake Masters filed a lawsuit to keep polls open past 7 p.m. A judge denied that suit, and county officials insisted that no voters were turned away and that people had multiple options to cast their ballots. Do you think polling places should have had their hours extended? You know, again, I can't say yes or no because I wasn't there. The judge looked at the evidence, and you have to show that voters were turned away in order to leave it open for people to come back and vote again. I don't know that it would have made much of a difference we extended it out. I know it would have delayed the results, which would have been that would be like horrible for people. Um, I just want, I, I think that the Maricopa County Recorder and I think the County Board of Supervisors and all their election officials need to not only say every vote is going to be counted, I think now they need to be even more transparent in showing people how they were counted to reassure people, yes, this glitch happened, yes, it looks horrible, yes, it was inconvenient, but it did nothing to the fairness of the election. I think more important than ever, you've got to put all your cards on the table. As more Gen Z comes of age, because of voting age, it appears to bode well for the Democrats. Democrats carried voters under 30 by about 30 percentage points nationwide in House raises, but that's only 12 percent of the electorate. 44 percent of those voters say abortion's their most important issue. The Edison Research National Election Pool exit polls saw Gen Z's voting for Democrats at 63 percent and Republicans at 35 percent. Do you think this played a role in why we did not see a red wave? No, I don't. Um, it's a smaller part of the electorate. I think what it says, though, is that the Democratic Party does a much better job of messaging to younger people. Um, and, you know, there's an old adage that says if you're under 25 or under 30 and you're not a uh, Democrat, you're heartless. And if you're over 30 and you're not a Republican, you're mindless. That, you know, as you get older, you become more conservative with taxes and everything else. And that is how the natural progression for a lot of people. But we've got to understand that if you're going to go out and talk to voters, you have to know where you're good and where you're not so good. And the Democrats just do a better job of reaching out to young people. But now you've got Republican organizations like Turning Point who turned out a lot of Republicans and so that may be changing but there's no doubt that it's advantage Democrats when it comes to that. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day to get you caught up on the headlines. Yesterday, a federal judge found Maricopa County Sheriff Paul Penzone to be in civil contempt of court in the same racial profiling case that Sheriff Joe Arpaio was six years ago. Sheriff Penzone spoke to Arizona's Morning News about the ruling. The idea that you're tattooing me with a uh, you know a scarlet letter in the same way as my predecessor who was violating people's civil rights and racially profiling and doing all those things, this is not your father's sheriff's office. It's a hell of a lot better. And the men and women are doing 
doing a great job, and, and this is not a reflection of who we are. What do you think will happen next? Well, there's a couple of things at play here. I think the sheriff is right in what he's saying, that he inherited this problem. He didn't create the problem. So there's no doubt that you've got to make that distinction. I think that's only fair to make sure everybody knows that he inherited this issue. That being said, he also understands, and I know the sheriff fairly well, he understands that the responsibility is still with his office. But what he's saying to the federal government is we don't have the manpower to do these investigations in the time frame that you want. We're understaffed. We have patrol uh, issues. We've got to make sure patrollers are number one thing that we do, and they're doing the best they can. So will this contempt order, is, is it supposed to be a wake-up call? What are we going to do in the sheriff's office to get this turned around? I just think he made a fair distinction that he inherited it, but I think he's going to be held accountable by a lot of people that he was hired to fix it, and it's still not fixed. And uh, we'll see how it plays out when it comes time for him to be reelected. Voter turnout in Arizona was at 43.82% this year versus 64.85% in 2018. Are you surprised by the low turnout considering the over $400 million spent on campaigns across the state? No, I think there's a couple of things. One is voter fatigue. I think people are just at a a point you just get so overwhelmed with it, you just want it to be over and you tune it out. I've had a lot of people say, I know it's important, but I've tuned it out. Also, a lot less, normally speaking, um, you don't get as much independent voter turnout out in a in a in a midterm election um, we know the sexy race is always the presidential election um, the only thing that does surprise me about this is because of the hot issues that were there here in Arizona specifically the border on one side and on the other side the abortion issue and then for everybody the economy I thought that might have driven more people to the polls but seeing it down in a, in a midterm election year no that doesn't surprise me at all. Great job as always, Julia. We'll do it again tomorrow, or somebody will, because I won't be here, but somebody will do it again tomorrow. Um, we do it at 1120 every day to get you caught up on the biggest news stories. Um, conversation about the red wave and what happened. Um, we got to start asking some serious questions about what's happening. I, I think that one of the best things people do uh, and the best advice I've gotten from a lot of, from a lot of people in being successful is you model success. You find someone that's successful and you ask them questions about how they are successful and you model successful people. And so why is Arizona in the place they are where they're not running away with elections when the issues were on their side? Not only that, but history on their side. So that we're going to talk about next. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate you spending some time on the show. We've talked about this a couple of times today, about the, the red wave that didn't necessarily happen. Now, the way it looks, it looks like the Republicans, they've got 204 in the House uh, uh, to 176 for the Democrats, with a lot left still to go. It's 219 to get you the majority, which um, I, I think that they're going to get to. We know they're going to have a majority. It's not going to be a 30-40 seat majority like they had hoped for, but it's going to be a majority in the House. But right now it's 49-48 for Senate seats. Obviously you need a 51 to have the, the majority in the Senate, and it doesn't know it doesn't look like they're going to get there. We may have, they might, they might get there, but it, it looks also like it might be a 50-50 split again. We just don't know yet. But it certainly wasn't the walkover that they had hoped for. There was in some places. It was a red wave in Florida. It was a great night in Texas. Not a, not a wipeout or a, or a sweep, but it was a very good night 
in Texas. And so I'm going to ask a couple of questions. And um, I think it's time for Republicans to start thinking about this. And I don't mean Republican voters. I mean Republican leaders. As I said before, that um, I, a life lesson for me was a great life lesson was if you want to be great at something – then you look to someone that's great at what they do and let and men, let them mentor you. I have been blessed in my life to be mentored by people that weren't my choosing. They they volunteered and they came into my life. Uh, my grandfather, when I was a young boy, was the mentor in my life. He was the male role model that taught me uh, manhood in a way that I respected. And he was such a good man. Um, as I got older, um, when it came to coaching football, I wanted to be a college football coach. That was one of the, my dreams, and it just didn't happen for me. But I b- was surrounded by some phenomenal coaches. I know this sounds silly, but even at the Pop Warner level, as serious it's t- as serious as it's taken, you know, um, to be teammates with Deion Sanders, to be around greatness like that, didn't make me a great football player, but be around greatness like that. When I decided to come to Arizona in uh, two th- in 1995. Um, I wanted to come here to be a rodeo cowboy. And I know that also sounds silly to a lot of people, but I, my dream was to be a bull rider. And I was terrible at it. I'll be honest. I was terrible at it. But I got to go around with some of the best bull riders this world has ever seen. A world champion in Cody Custer, his brother Jim Bob Custer, um, a guy named Bo Lindley, uh, some of these guys that you probably haven't heard of unless you're big time uh, fans of the sport. I got to be around them and watch a guy named Luke Kraut that's one of the best bullfighters. And there's a guy here in town named Don. Yates, they call him Hollywood, one of the best bullfighters, you would say rodeo clowns in the world. And I got to hang out with greatness. When you are trying to do something and you hang out with greatness, you have a more likelihood, a better than not likelihood of being more successful than you would doing it on your own. In radio, I was mentored by Glenn Beck. You know, Glenn and I think differently a lot of times. Our styles are completely different, but he was like an older brother to me. A guy named Dom Theodore behind the scenes that is just a brilliant man in radio. So my point is surrounding yourself and looking to people that do great things. So I think I think the Arizona Republican Party, the party, not the voters, the party needs to start looking at greatness. Who did things the right way? What did they do that you didn't? And here's the other question. And this point was made to me by a friend, and I wish I had thought of it. This Every time we turn around talking about 2020 and the stolen election, I'd warned against this and looking forward to 2022. But here's the point that was made. I am one of the Republicans that believes we also have to put and we want to stop talking about January 6th. It was a horrible thing that happened, but it should be put behind us. And it isn't. It's still front and center for many people. And we as Republicans will say, get over it. I mean, it was horrible. Those people need to be punished, but we've got to move on. And yet we haven't moved on from 2020. And what's good for the goose. And these are some of the things that party leadership has to start considering because it's not working as well as we had all hoped it would work. Is this it, it, look in Arizona as MAGA central, what, the, the, the wave that could be because of Trump's endorsements. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not going after Trump personally. I'm not screaming about Donald Trump. What I'm saying is, is it helping us win? And that's what matters. Are we going to win? And, and for the Democrats, the same thing. Why are you not winning? If the candidates you're running against are truly as radical and fringe as you say they are, why are you not walking away with these elections handily and easily? 
But for the Republican Party in Arizona, why are they not looking at this and saying, what what are we doing wrong? What are we not doing as well as we should so that these elections, what are we not saying to voters we should be saying? What are we saying to voters we shouldn't be saying? And if Donald Trump gets you the nomination but doesn't get you over the top, is that a good thing? And I just think the world is changing. And it's not just Arizona. The world is changing. And I think people are getting fatigued with the vitriol. I think people are getting fatigued with the hearing about the other side always being evil. And you have to admit, both sides do this. Mark Kelly running ads against Blake Masters that he is too extreme for Arizona and they made him out to look like a like he was just a maniac. And then the other way, too. And it happens on both sides where we are just vilifying and demonizing the other side. And I think people get tone deaf to it. Um, And I'm only putting this out as a suggestion that party leadership in both political parties are starting to upset the electorate as a whole, that there are a lot of people and you have to admit they are. There are a lot of people that are 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 registering as independent voters, not because they're independent in their beliefs. They lean right or they lean left, but they don't want to be affiliated with the political parties. And I I think if party leadership doesn't take that into account and start messaging better and start talking to people better and, quite frankly, uh, looking at ways to get candidates into people's homes, so to speak, so that they can explain exactly where they stand on issues instead of talking about how horrible their opponent is, I think both parties are losing out on more and more voters. And I want to see success in Arizona as much as anybody else does. I want to win elections as a Republican voter. I'm not a member of the Republican Party. As a Republican voter, I want to see Republicans win elections. You know, that makes sense. But what I want to see is is candidates, and I'm not damaging, I'm not going after any specific candidate, but candidates that more people can rally around and you're not a, it's not a protest vote against someone else. It's like, I don't necessarily like this person, but it's a lot better than that person. That shouldn't be the way it is. We should have candidates that we all looked at and say, listen, I really love this person. And we have to have more people doing that. The candidates have a lot of support, but they need to be uh, believed in by more people. Uh, Coming up in a moment, by the numbers, we'll talk about where we are with the numbers, expecting another drop. And don't forget, Barry Markson is going to be in here from 1215 to 2 with another election update special and hopefully another vote drop to get us a little bit closer to some answers across the state of Arizona. It's all coming up. And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. Before we jump into the numbers, I'm going to remind you of something immensely important, if you don't mind. Um, Thanksgiving is here. I just got a note from my friends over at St. Mary's Food Bank. They are about 9,000 turkeys short of the goal of distributing 18,000 turkeys and food boxes and produce bags to Arizona families. Um, So uh, they have a turkey drive coming up on the 19th of November. Um, and they are trying to uh, break records if they can. Um, they're asking people to donate. Now, last year, turkeys were 10 bucks. They could get turkeys for 10 bucks. Now they're 20. That's what it's costing for turkeys. So a couple of things. If you want to drop off a turkey, you can do that. 
But also what you can do is you can donate 20 bucks. You can go to St. Mary's Food Bank dot org. St. Mary's Food Bank. St. Mary's. St. Mary's Food Bank dot org. And you can donate 20 bucks buys a turkey. And so if you can spare 20 bucks, if you could spend more or spare more, that is a great time to do it to make sure that the great volunteers and the people that work at St. Mary's have the food to distribute to needy families. I talk about um, um, intentional giving often, and now would be a great time to step up and do that. They are such a great place. They do excellent work like so many other places do, and uh, it would be kind of fun if we could help fill those shelves. Um, Let's get into the numbers. Let's talk about the numbers. Uh, Here's what we know. There are still about 400,000 or a little over 400,000 ballots still left to count in Maricopa County. They call those late earlies. These are people that had their early ballots but actually took them to the polling place and dropped them into the box. There are some people that vote early. Because they like to be able to sit at their kitchen table, a cup of coffee or who knows, maybe a margarita or a shot or something and fill out their ballot. And then instead of putting it in the mail, nothing against the U.S. mail, but to make sure it gets there, they take it to the polling place and drop it off for security reasons. So uh, that those are called late earlies. And we're going to see how they break with those numbers. There were about 17,000 voters that were affected of by the what what box three where the tabulation machines were not reading the ballots correctly in Maricopa County. So about seventeen thousand people, those ballots have yet to be counted as well. They were locked in a secure location and they will be counted before it's all over. Um the five point lead for Mark Kelly and I, what I find interesting in the ballots being counted, the governor's race had the most votes in it with this 1.793 million votes cast as of right now, counted as of right now. Um, at the same time on those ballots, about 30,000 less in the Senate race, um, 20,000 or 13,000 less in the, um, uh, or no, I should say 15,000 less in the Secretary of State's race and so on. There's races that kind of fluctuate where people either leave it blank or write a candidate in or something. Um, what I find fascinating about it is how close it has gotten. Last night when I left, it was around a 14-point lead for Katie Hobbs over Carrie Lake. 14 points. That is a huge lead of early voters. And that's what came in was early voters. Then we started seeing the rural counties come in. We started seeing the uh, day of voters come in. And now you've got at about a half a percentage point. It is less than 12,000 votes separating them with 1.793. Three million votes cast, only a just under 12,000 vote advantage for Katie Hobbs. That is narrowed. But the one that's crazy to me is the attorney general's race. There have been 1.763 million, so 1,763,000 votes cast. It's it's less than 4,000 votes. That separate Abe Hamaday from Chris Mays. Chris Mays is at 50.1. Abe Hamaday is at 49.9. So uh, there are some that are further apart. You know, five points for Mark Kelly. It is a pretty big lead, 55.7 to 44.3 for Kimberly Yee for Treasure over Martin Quezada. And Tom Horn, who had been the uh, – he'd been our attorney general. He's also been the superintendent of public schools before. He surpassed this morning, uh, the first time he's led in this race, 50.2 percent to 49.8 over Kathy Hoffman, who is the Democratic incumbent in the superintendent of public schools. So as we figured, a lot of these races were going to come down to the wire, that it was going to be a very, very close margin of victory for whoever wins that race. So we're going to keep results here – 
Markson is going to be in in just a few minutes at 12.15. He goes on 12.15 until uh, 2 o'clock with an election update. Continuing coverage all day long, as I've suggested before, and I think it's a great idea anyway, but especially now, download the KTAR News app. It's a great tool. Anytime breaking news happens, and these vote drops will be one of them, you'll be notified on your device where you can read a story right there on your device, or if it's happening on the air, you can tune in and listen to what's happening when these breaking news stories happen. And we got, I would tell you, the best coverage in town is happening right here on KTAR News, and everybody should be proud of it. Um, the reminder of St. Mary's Food Bank, stmarysfoodbank.org, if you want to donate 20 bucks to help them. They are 9,000 turkeys short, and so uh, they need a lot of $20 donations, more if you can do it, but 20 bucks buys a turkey. Make sure you let them know that you want them to be able to continue their great work at St. Mary's Food Bank. Just about out of time here on the show, so uh, at Broomhead KTAR is where you find me on Twitter. At Broomhead Show updates you on all the things happening on the show. And if you go to Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram, that's me. Keep in touch between shows. I'll be back tomorrow morning just after 8 o'clock. So until then, have a great day. Take care of each other. God bless.